This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Online church near me. And there's a lot in that. I mean, it was interesting. We, we have a wonderful board member who, who does search engine optimization, SEO stuff is what that is. And he said, what are people searching for churches? Well, this is one of the top things people are searching for. Online church near me. Now, you do realize there's a paradox in that, right? Online church near me. We want the online stuff, but we also want something that's near to our hearts. And that oftentimes is, is a challenge with the online world. Like, how do we create that? And that's why, again, we're trying things like we're trying after church today. Those ways of connecting. And we're in the midst of this time where that whole, like, like how the leaning works, uh, you know, how that works, how that looks, it's, it's just up for so much dramatic change right now. I think about this beautiful line in the Bible where Jesus says this, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. We're at a time where it feels like some of the old structures are giving way, and we've got to kind of figure out our way forward. And there's nothing necessarily easy about that. One of my favorite Christian sort of, um, I'm going to call her a theoretician, even though it's not a word, but it was, was a woman by the name of Phyllis Tickle, and, and, and she's since passed, but she talked about how churches, how the Christian movement about every 500 years goes through this massive change, this, this sort of this, this, this big shift, so to speak. Her point was, and she was writing well before what we're currently experiencing, is that this is such a time as that. We are experiencing amazingly deep and great changes. I think back to myself, like I could go back to my great-great-grandparents' church and I would know what to do. I'd figure it out. But if you brought my great great-grandparents to this church today, oh my goodness, it wouldn't fit. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know how to work it. Uh, You know, they wouldn't even know what the internet was. That's the kind of change we're looking at. Now, I want to be clear. It's it's not a change in terms of like the, the core of what church is trying to do. We will always Be here to serve. Specifically, to serve those less fortunate than ourselves. To serve as God gives us to see it. With humility, with generosity, with kindness, with the ability to sacrifice self in that pursuit. We will always be about that. What we're going to talk about today is how the how might be changing. How the wineskin might be shifting. And how is it that we can move forward in that? And how can we create a conversation around that? A conversation that I think is incredibly important. 
a little background to that. And I hope, again, I'm going to be referencing it a lot over the, over the next month, but it was a really insightful interview with a former student of mine. For those of you who don't know, I used to be a teacher. And this former student of mine is now what is called a futurist, somebody who goes, looks at future trends, and then they consult with big companies and their, uh, their old teacher on occasion. And this interview was with a young man by the name of Dylan Hendricks. And Dylan, Dylan and I chatted, and, and then this one author added this point, I'm going to come back to this next week, I'm going to say it again next week because I think it's so important. This author said, we will be backing into the future as churches. Now, that's not saying we're backwards. It's saying we'll be backing into it. In other words, we're not facing the future because we've never been here before. We don't really know exactly what the future looks like. So we're backing into it in a sense. But the backing into it actually is a strength. Why? Because in backing into it, what are we able to see? We're able to see those first things first that got us here. We have a whole series coming up on that. Those things that don't change. So we're able to walk backwards, but literally we're able to walk backwards, pulling off of the shelf. Yep, this is what's important. Yep, this is what's important. Yep, this is what's important. To be able to pull those things and then back into the future with those things that will ground us. That's how we're going to move forward. And it, it, it's important for churches to figure out how to do this, folks, because church matters. Because church matters. It helps us to understand first things first. It helps with so many things. So let's just take a look at that, like this idea. What is church? It's where we come to know God in some imperfect way, but it's where we come to know God. It's where we learn. First off, the rhythms of faith. The rhythms of faith are just simple things. It's reading things from the Bible. It's reading things from new church theology. It's reading what great spiritual thinkers have thought and said over a millennium. It's prayer. It's service. It's learning how to quiet our minds and our fears. Basic rhythms of faith. The second one, it's how to live with others totally unlike us. I, I, I just get such a kick out of watching as, as a pastor, watching church, and there's all kinds of people who end up being friends who if there wasn't a church, they would never even remotely touch in life. Because they're just in different socioeconomic places. You know, one might do this, one might do that. Different social groups, different this, different that, different schools, different backgrounds. But somehow church brings it all together. Many of you, many of you, have a far more diverse group of friends today than you had before you got involved with church. That's a real strength. One of the reasons why we do it. How to live, next one, how to live in mutual service towards the common good. That idea there's what we fight about and what we fight for. Church is a way we can say, this is the common good. This is what we're all about. That's that third way. It's why churches can bring, I think, people from all different kinds, even political perspectives, 
can bring them together because what we can agree on is how to serve the common good. Maybe not down to every specific. Maybe there's good, healthy debate in there. At least I would hope there would be. But we can move towards the common good. A, a simple one, I've mentioned it here before, but I just feel it's important to mention again, was one with, with two Christian groups, one from the far right, one from the far left. They're figuring out how could they work through this whole topic of abortion, one feeling clearly pro-choice, the other one feeling, no, it's totally morally wrong. And, and the common good they came to was a real simple one. Was it within the area where both of these churches were functioning that no child would be in foster care for more than I think it was a month without being adopted? See, that's a third way thought. That's a common good thought. That's something where we can learn that in churches, how to move that forward. The next one, how to face evil and darkness in the world and in ourselves. You know, we've done that here many times. Some services that really come to mind for me is just services we have that are especially poignant after events in the world that are really tragic take place. There's something about our gathering that matters. And there's also something about gathering as we face the evil and the darkness in ourselves together, moving forward as a group. In the last one of this list, how to act from conscience. Like, what is conscience, and how do we act from that conscience, that basic call to do what's good? What does this all mean? It all means it's where we live it. It's where we live it. And it's not that we live it perfectly. Nadia Bowles-Weber has said very famously, and she, she says this every time she gathers her church together, and it's just a repetition, a mantra of, of sorts, where she says, you know, if you join this church, just know we will disappoint you. I love that. We will disappoint you. I can assure all of you watching today, at some point in time, if you have not been disappointed, you will be. And that's part of life, too. But it's the endeavor that God blesses. The intention that God blesses. And from a new church perspective, we believe this idea of church, we believe that it echoes throughout the whole world. It's not just one little group that somehow has it figured out. It's not that at all. You look at nature, for example, there's, there's very little in nature that absolutely is uniform, that is the same everywhere. We constantly see the beauty of diversity. New church, we're a faith that really believes our job is to embrace that. That that picture you're looking at right now by Norman Rockwell is the picture of God at work. Not the picture of one church that has it figured out, everyone else doesn't. But the church that holds that we figure it out together. Each of us given a faith, a religion that is adapted to us and our culture, and very importantly, folks, to our time. Very importantly, to our time. That's why we look at Old Testament, New Testament, New Church theology. That's why we, we look at church as something that, that evolves over time holding very clearly into this line, I think, that's also important, that maintenance is always perpetual creation. So, what have we been as a church? What have we been as a body? Well, 
We have been this, a Christian, new church, missional community that also meets together on Sunday in person and online. Now, the first part of that, we talk a lot about being a, a Monday morning church. That's what the conversation, and I think, I think healthy, healthy religious bodies have that sense because it has to be a lived moral experience. So it has to have that missional, like this is about a mission. We're trying to create a community and a mission, not a club. We also happen to meet together on Sundays in person and online. But we also are facing a challenge. And I love the way another former student put this challenge. Our challenge, grounding ourselves with things that give us meaning. That's so important. That's that walking backwards, grabbing those different pieces. Grounding ourselves with the things that give us meaning while preparing ourselves to be adaptable to impending changes. That's that walking into the future backwards. We know there's these impending changes coming in our world. And how can churches, synagogues, mosques, other houses of worship, nonprofits, like how do we continue to, to grab a hold of what really matters and really pull that through in our lives? And so much of that, folks, it's, it's not just done at a corporate level. Like it's easy to, easy to sort of sit outside of it and to think as a spectator, yeah, I can't wait to see how fill in the blank does this. But the church is a corporate entity, but the church is also a personal, individual thing as well. What are those meaning-making things for you? What are those deeper values for you? As you back into your own future, What are the navigation points that you want to grab a hold of that will help to light the way in these very uncertain and challenging times? We need to think about that. We need to have a conversation around that. Because we're at such a a, a fascinating time. One of the things I I say at New Truth Lab, I actually did a sermon on it a couple years ago, is chronos and keros, two different Greek concepts of time. Chronos is chronos is, is actual, you know, the actual time as in like it is now 10.58 a.m. You know, that's the time, that's chronos. Keros, though, that's the idea of pregnant time. That's the idea of, of time that is, a, that is, is changing and a time where something new is about to be born, which entails labor pains and all those things, but, but it's where we stand on the edge of a threshold of something very different. This COVID crisis clearly has accelerated much of that. And again, we're not going to lose track of the most important things, and I certainly hope individually that is true as well. But we definitely see changes We see changes where fellowship looks like this to fellowship looking like this. (laughs) We see changes where a dinner or a group of friends looks like this. And now it looks like this. There's so much that has changed within that. 
And I want to say, you know, as we do this, like one of the challenges is this, and it's an important principle to understand, I think, with all spiritual things. Tensions we manage, problems we solve. Tensions we manage, problems we solve. There are certain tensions that happen online. You know, the online world is is so based on convenience. And that can be its own particular challenge. And I feel if we don't if we don't address technology in church, we're, we're, we're missing something that's really important because it does impact our spiritual lives. So I'm going to ask my buddy Marcus to come on up. And him and I are going to do a little exercise here with you folks. So if you are watching, not on your phone, but if you are, if you are watching on your, on your laptop or your iPad, pull out your phone here. And we're going to do a little challenge just, just to, to show you what the challenge is, I think, with all of this. You ready, Marcus? Sure. All right, so you're going to step right here, buddy. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with this. First off, fist bump. Boom. So first off, what I want you to do is I want you to, to, to pull out your phone, and I want you just, just to think, all right, so what's, what's, what's something you could look up on your phone right now that is more exciting than watching New Church Live online? All right? Okay. So everybody go ahead and do that. See what you come up with. Okay. Could have a costume day with my wife and two boys and uh, dress up as different characters, different from, characters. From, from movies. Excellent. So fun. Marcus is looking at movie characters. Marcus, I looked up Penn State football, Miami Dolphins tight end. Mike Kosicki pulls off amazing pass. Like, that's more exciting. All right, now let's do that one more time. So I want you to look up something even more exciting than that thing. All right, okay. where do you pull up, Marcus? All right, let's see. Uh, outdoor activities where my kids could be painting little flower pots and my Excellent. wife is planting flowers. Excellent. Excellent. So I went right on, to, right on to Facebook. Tim White happened to like the video that I shared, and Dean Hazen now is following New Church Live. So there you go. That's good news. Marcus, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. So, folks, like, like right there's the challenge, right? And there's, there's a lot there because with the online as we look at that, there's always going to be something more exciting. I want to share this, and I think it's real important. There's always going to be something more exciting than spirituality. Not as important, but there'll always be something a little bit more exciting. There will always be something else that we can do that's a little more fun, that's a little bit more convenient, that's a little bit more comfortable, but never more meaningful. Let's just take a breath there. It's real important as we move through these changes, to be aware of that for all of us. Because spiritual work, some of the time, is work. 
It's where we learn to be grounded. An important aside, so important, I would take a note on it. Grounded, not rigid. Grounded, not rigid. Folks, isn't it interesting as well, like you look back to the teachers who made a difference in your life. Maybe there was a, uh, you know, I don't know, a senior girl uh, during your senior year. There was, a, uh, there was an English teacher who made a huge difference in your life. I guarantee it wasn't because she was easy grader or that she wasn't demanding or that she wasn't going back to those very first things like Shakespeare. Like the sonnets. But when we go back to that, we know that's where our soul comes alive. And of course, there are always a million and one more things exciting than that, thrilling than that, maybe more distracting than that. But let's think what moves us closer to our humanity? And let's recapture those things. What moves us closer to our humanity? And let's recapture those things. Now, what are some of those things? Well, you know, I I love just this basic concept. Heaven consists. So you want to know what heaven feels like? You want to know what heaven's like? You want to have a little taste of heaven? Get a load of this. Consists of a heartfelt wishing better for others than for oneself and serving others for the sake of their happiness with no thought of reward, simply out of love. See, that's beautiful. That's, That's what heaven is. It's not a place with clouds and harps. It's a place where we can live here and then. We can live now and then. Excuse me. We can live it it here in this life. We can also live it to all eternity because we all can wish better for others than for ourselves. We all can serve others for the sake of their happiness. We all can do it simply out of love. Where we're really focused just how do we focus on, on where we love being loving. Where we love being loving. That is not, please listen, friends, that is not faith as a grim duty. <laughs> That's faith that should consistently bring a smile. Because it moves us beyond just a belief in God. But when we live that kind of thing, it moves us into a knowing God. Literally knowing God with a capital K. Knowing heaven with a capital K. And then we can start to pull these pieces. And these, these pieces, folks, have been true, again, for a millennium. Now, our, our reading I wanted to share today comes from Philippians. And we had a little technical glitch. And, and, and uh, a dear parishioner, Steve, did a wonderful reading. So I'm going to post it online. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the video together. But I'm going to post it online because I want you to hear him read it as well. Because it's incredibly powerful. It's this passage from Philippians. And, and this is 2,000 years old. And here's this man by the name of Paul, 
writing about it saying, oh, these, these are the things that you can start to see when we live into this life. These are the things we can start to see when we live into this life. Online near me. This is, this is sort of the near me part. Look at these beautiful passages here. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, it's a beautiful life, my joy. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Now, just I want you to see there. We see, you know, the, the idea of family is part of this. We see the idea of friendship as part of this. And the idea that there's a path here for us that's filled with joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. One of my favorite little things, the word rejoice also means thrive. You say thrive or be energized in the Lord. We'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. If your faith is not gentle, you're probably missing a piece. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, present your requests to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful line that is, folks. And, and, Paul says there's a couple of translations. You know, it's always fun playing with words. There's a couple of possible translations there. One is, you know, Paul saying, I want you to think about these things. And a better translation, you know, Bible has many translations. And one I think that probably more aligns with, I think, where God is driving us with things like this. Is instead of think about such things, listen to this, instead of think about Dwell in. Instead of think about, dwell in. What does it look like to not just think about joy, but to actually dwell in joy? What does it look like to not just think about gratitude, but to actually dwell in gratitude? See, going backwards into the future, online church near me, that movement. I think those first things will remain first things. And again, we have a whole series coming up on it because I want to dive more deeply into that. But I just want to scratch the surface a little bit today. You know, we're asked to dwell in those things. To allow that to be the air we breathe. Not just a thought we have. We're asked to do that as individuals. We're asked to do that, whatever form of house of worship resonates with you, we're asked to do that at that level. We're asked to do that as a community. That has a way, I hope, of just, just bringing a little peace and a little clarity. Now, as we, go, as we go through that, I think this is significant. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever was true, whatever was noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice 
and the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice. So how is it that we do that? Like, what does that practice actually look like? Here's an idea that I really liked. So the practice, this is very mechanical stuff. But I think there's a lot of wisdom here. I think a lot of time in our life, we tend to go back and forth, at least if you're like me, between the dream and the catastrophe, the green arrow and the orange. In other words, if everything goes super great. This is what happens. And then we quickly can flip to the exact opposite. Everything could go completely wrong, and this is what will happen. That's binary. Dean Smith, former basketball coach, North Carolina. If everything you face, you face is a life and death battle, you will be dead a lot. (laughs) But we tend to do that. I certainly tend to do that. You know, I think of what's the very best situation, what's the very worst situation, and, and, and that's where energy goes. But the reality is we're actually asked to think about that third way. Not the best outcome, not the worst outcome, not just some, some untethered dream or some dire fear-filled catastrophe, but finding that place where we have agency. I might not be able to do this. I might not be able to do this, but I can do that. And that's where we think, what are the best possible outcomes? What are the best possible outcomes? Can we live into that in this era? I would say an unequivocal yes. Best possible outcomes. So we're going to be talking about, you know, what are those best possible outcomes? Not what is like the pie in the sky one, not what's not the catastrophe one, but what are those places where you can go like, yeah, you know what, that's possible. Is it possible, for example, for everyone watching here today to somehow feel connected to someone else in the church? Yes. Is it possible for us to figure out new ways to serve, taking that ethos we've so, we've so developed, that you have so developed here at New Church Live, and move that forward into a new era? Yes. Is that possible to rediscover new definitions of hope and joy moving forward? The answer, yes. So we have to think about those best possible outcomes and how they look. And what does it look like to actually, as this says, how can we practice such things? Now I'm going to go sit over here and then I'm going to come back to this slide. I'm going to go sit over here for a minute. So this slide here, friends, how can we practice such things in this new environment? What are the best possible outcomes? Pulling together both online church and near Maine. Chat online or text Chuck 215-740-3662. Please share your name at the end of the text if you do text me so you can chat on the live stream or you can text me. And and to set that up, folks, like I I looked at what Paul was talking about again there in in this beautiful, beautiful piece of Philippians. And, And this might be language we would use today. 
you know, where we find a faith that's energized, gentle, calm, grateful, and generous. Energized, gentle, calm, grateful, generous. How do we take those things and move them forward? I mean, I, I, I want to think about this because, because we need to figure this all out together as a group. I feel like we've moved, uh, maybe I shouldn't say it that way, like we, we're not in an era where like there's, an, as, as us, as moving forward, as trying to move forward, this whole, this whole concept of faith, and again, we join with so many other synagogues, mosques, houses of work, we do, do with so many other groups who are trying to do this same thing. And more and more, it's, as we're moving in backwards, it's, it's not like there's the expert we can look at and go like, oh, there's the model. I remember when New Church Live started, there were definitely like one or two models of that's the way to do it. Those models are not there anymore. What is there then? The opportunity to learn together. The opportunity to take what we learn and practice it together. Learn together and practice it together. What I'd like to do now is to just take 60 seconds, and what I'd love for you to do is just, just what's a, just an idea off the top of your head? Yeah, I could imagine us doing this. And just so you know, the first person who says, Chuck, I can imagine you doing this, you get one point off the test. Just kidding. But let's talk about what we can do. What are ideas that you have about what we can do? as we move forward in these uncertain times. So please take 60 seconds, type something out, either put it in the chat window on live stream or the chat on Facebook, or shoot me a text. So take 60 seconds and do that, please. I, yeah, you know, thinking about that, like it's one to think a lot about. And, and we're going to be having this conversation, like this conversation is going to move. And, and what I want to invite you to, you know, is, is as you're thinking about this, think about,
think about email. And you're like, like, again, if something comes to you like later on this week, shoot me an email, shoot me an idea. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it. We have to sort of figure out this online church piece. And at the same time, we have to remember the near me. Again, it's a paradox. Again, it's a tension we're going to have to manage, not a problem we're going to solve. And how do we do that? I think one of the few things that I truly know about how we're going to do that, and I use this word all the time, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? Well, the one word answer I know to be true is together. One word answer I know to be true is together. Uh, here's, and again, folks, I want you to listen to some of these. There's just some beautiful ones here. And, and some of them are, are about like that personal piece, again, that church within, and some of them are about corporate. Well, I love that. I can make time to quiet myself each day to center and be open to hearing God's messages to me. Beautiful. Continue to show us how to love in all of this. Beautiful. We can practice best possible outcomes by believing as much in others as we do in ourselves and accepting that our imperfections are as essential to those outcomes as the things we get right in reaching them. Uh, a beautiful piece of New Church theology. Our imperfections actually make us perfect because they allow us to change. We could identify some New Church Live members who are in need and find a mechanism to support them, possibly start a fund to assist those people who have lost their job. That is a beautiful one. Continue to, to be available to others locally. What's needed in our congregation? Add a prayer room or prayer request room online. Non-binary thinking that allows us to look for many possible outcomes, limitless and endless. It's, it's many of you have seen this. I mean, it, it gets said all the time in leadership conferences. In, in Chinese, the word for challenge and opportunity are the same. I think that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. I think that's exactly what that's, that's pointing to. Train for and man a hotline for people to call when in need. And there's many others that you folks have written. Like, those are examples, folks, where we can see this being grabbed and helping us to move forward into a future. Into a very beautiful, very strong future. Those pieces, I think, are, are things that we can, we can step back over here for a second. Those things we can do, and we can find a way to work through. And we have to just take it one bite at a time, one step at a time. And the answer, again, to why is because it matters. Because it matters. we can all find more distracting things on the internet. We will have a hard time finding more important things than trying to serve and help other people.
as we go through and think about that. Again, if you have some other ideas that you want to share, please feel free to share them with me throughout the week. Also, again, feel free to hop on the Zoom conversation right after church, led by Craig and Sarah, and find that link in the live stream chat and, and share some ideas there so we can start collecting ideas and start talking about where there's energy and what we're going to do to move forward in these new times. Because, folks, what you have created, what this beautiful congregation has created, is something to be very grateful for. And, and we can take that and we can move it forward. We can do something with this. It's powerful. It matters. It lasts. So before our final prayer, a word of gratitude from someone who watches on occasion out in Phoenix, Arizona. This is Trin Rose from sunny Arizona. New Church Live, you are a deep, cool dive into refreshing water, inspiring and encouraging and a comforting blanket wrapped around my shoulders. Thank you for being an oasis in the desert. Uh, what Trent says, because she actually lives in the desert. So let's continue to work on that, friends. And the way we're going to close today's service is I'm going to close it with a prayer. Then I will say the Lord's Prayer. And just a little aside about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we haven't traditionally done that in New Church Live just because there's four versions and, and I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. And as we, as we say it, oftentimes this denomination will say it this way, that. And it's a little like where you're singing and you come in on the wrong note. <laughs> so, so that gets a little embarrassing. But I feel like we can do that online because you can just listen or, or actually just even mute the prayer and say the Lord's Prayer as, as you know it. So we're going to do a prayer from me. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer and a blessing. And then we're going to close with a beautiful video from Leo Paul. Again, one that he's offering in tribute to all those who are working through our way with various losses at this time. So please join me in a prayer. It's here among us today. And Lord, help us to find that way. To find that way of backing into the future. To find that way of grabbing a hold of what truly matters. Those pieces that put us into first things first. Those unchangeable bits. Meaning. Values. Compass points. True north. Whatever word we might use, Lord, allow that word for us to settle into our hearts. And help us to find a way to live those values as individuals as a church, as a community, as a nation. Help us, Lord, as well, and this is oh so practical. Help us, Lord, as well, to figure out some way to move through this new online world. Help us to use these new tools to further your kingdom and your way. And help us, Lord, at the same time with that online church, to remember those other two words, near me. So we continue to bring it into each other's lives 
want to say that again. So we continue to bring it into each other's lives as we bring it out into the world. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you for the many people who have joined us today online. Thank you for those who are joining us after church for a conversation. Be with us, Lord, in this time of change. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. Amen. Wishing all of you, wishing all of you, a blessed week. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 